too many Tic Tacs in the town. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 3.38 starting time. Please welcome from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Matthew Wiley. Play away, please. I can't even belt it out like him. Eddie Vedder and, and Pearl Jam, you want to have a better baritone voice? Just absolutely throws it at you like a nuclear missile. God, he's good. Underrated. Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder, Temple of the Dog. All of it alive. Great solo at the end of the song, which I will play at the end of this podcast. But if you don't like Pearl Jam, between Pearl Jam 10, Nirvana Nevermind, uh, Smashing Pumpkin, Siamese Dream, Dream, and even Green Day Dookie, that was the elite. Those are the four elite albums of the early 90s. God, Pearl Jam 10. That was a great song. He just absolutely explodes your face with his voice. Him and Chris Cornell, RIP. All right, Golf Landy 185. 185, Golf Landy. Uh, uh, what am I doing here? Oh, yeah, look at my notes. Thank you, Chris Durrell, again, every week. on uh, Before I even think about the week, he's got the data in my mailbox. Chris Durrell, Jagger Bombs underscore eight. Let's go with eight on Twitter. Just a solid, solid dude. Uh, DraftKings contest is up $5. Single entry, 300 entries, guaranteed money, no rake paid by you, except for a few of you ding-dongs on Twitter. Uh, and Green Square Golf. Greensquare.golf. If you want course history in recent form, all tours, LPGA, KFT, uh, PGA, European Tour, Champions Tour, that is the place to be. That is how you bet. You bet on form. How do they play the course? How have they been coming lead in? Greensquare.golf. It will make you money. Speaking of ding-dongs, the aged well guy. I hate more than anything, and I'm going to get absolutely massacred with this on Twitter, than the aged well. That aged well... What aged well? I hate that. It aged well because everyone saw my tweet. Meaning aged well that this tweet was not good. No one saw your tweets. So no one knows if your tweets aged or did not aged well. But I tweeted, I tweeted, I said, Rory versus Poulter is quite an opening match. And my boy BG, B underscore Gallucci, says, this aged well. It did aged well. It is a match. The two two most notoriable? Notable. Notoriable? What's wrong with English, Matt? Notable players in match play have an opening match together. It's fantastic. That is quite an opening match. That is objectively true. So Gallucci goes, this aged well. What aged well? It did age well. 
The point was that the match match featured two objectively awesome match play players. One of them got waxed, yes. And then Gallucci, what did he do? He came right back at me and he said, what if it meant it did age well, Matt? What if I meant to compliment you? BG. He got me. Even I'm yelling at him to retract the tweet. He's like, why? It aged well. It inferred many things. Here I am getting upset like I am now. Obnoxiously upset. And the whole time he's complimenting me. Oh, I had a good run with a one and dones, by the way, with the Pat Mayo fantasy contest. I lasted four weeks, five weeks. Missed every pick last week. All empty. There you go. Good run with one and done. It's over. Uh, The tournament of the week last week was not the match play. The tournament was Punta Cana. Or my notes that says Punta Canada. I dictate my notes. You had Campos and Damon. Actually, you had a lot of guys. Gligic, uh, Graham McDowell, um, Grillo, Ryder. A lot of guys looking for a win. But in 35 mile an hour, n- not even a stretch. I mean, this is gale- hurricane force winds. And these guys are just bleeding from the eyeballs down the stretch because the wind is so insane. I mean, the par five that Damon had to it took 10 shots to get to the green. It was crazy. And the, the pot, the Campos, it rolled over the hole. I mean, it was, he was, people say he shouldn't have started fist pumping. I would have been fist pumping three feet away from that. The putt was good. Did I have Damon? Yes. 99, 99 times out of 100, does that go in to kill me? Yes. But Campos got robbed. The, the, the look on his face. And then Damon with the emotion. I mean, how many tournaments, tournaments has he played in over the last few years? Grind and grind and grind away. And he said it's so freaking hard to win a golf tournament on the PGA Tour. It is. And now he's set. He can relax. That was the tournament of the week. And that is a When it's blowing like that and you get a 12-under... They earned that. The rough wasn't up. It didn't matter. You couldn't hit the greens. They were hitting five irons, 160. The Honda's the biggest loser in all of this. The Honda should be the premier event. I am not a huge... Listen. It's not a great fantasy experience for WGC match play. I don't think it's slotted correctly two weeks before the Masters. Match play is meant for rivalries. Ryder Cup, yes. President's Cup, yes. Maybe Tiger Phil, although that's a little contrived. Do a Bryson versus Brooks pay-per-view. It'll make a trillion dollars. Patrick Reed versus anyone, yes. These aren't, I mean, Horschel versus Scheffler, 
these aren't like you have to buy into the rivalry of it to me and they're just it's just not I mean, these guys all like each other. They all make trillions of dollars. They all have the same agents and sponsors and brands, and they all hang out together. Be Nah versus DJ may now be a good pay-per-view event. But I just don't... Yes. Europe versus USA Ryder Cup. Now that is something... It's a rivalry. There's history there. There's competition. There's blood. In this, I'm like, eh, I don't, I can't get really behind it. The PGA Tour is not about rivalries with each other the players. It's about rivalries with the course. It's a battle between the player and the course every week. The course, the challenges it presents, the history of it, the trophy, the, win- the previous winners. Everything starts with that. We don't say during the week, during a course, like the Texas Open or the Valero Texas Open, who are the people that can beat Corey Connors? We don't say that. Well, there's a good rivalry between Hoffman and Connors. I would go, I would go Hoffman. It is about what does the course ask for and demand and how does the player suit it? both in his game currently, historically at the course, and form leading in. That is the challenge. The person versus the course. And it's a reset every week, and that's what makes the PGA great. It's not player v. player. It just doesn't work, at least for me. Now, do I get get steamrolled in DraftKings fantasy? Yes. Is that causing this bias? Sure. Every time. But that's the, that's the difference. It's not a team versus team. This is player versus course. Player versus himself, player versus course. Like Damon. It was, it was about the player versus the wind versus Corrales versus the closing stretch and him saying how hard it is to win a tournament. Not against Campos, but just against himself. That's it. That's what makes the PGA great. And golf, great. Professional golf, great. So do more of that every week. Make the Honda the feature. That is a course that challenges people. You beat the course and the field in the process. That is the rivalry. That's the all we look at. Riviera. Pebble Beach. Augusta. How does the player attack and fit and conquer the course better than anyone else in the field. That is the new episode every week. Speaking of new episodes, they need new ads on PGA Tour Live. The Slammer and the Squire ad with Gary Player. How much are they paying the tour? Is this a lifetime contract? Grupo de Salinas will pay $2 million for their ads on PGA Tour Live. And I will listen to them. Do the square strike. Do the Chris Berman ads or the Ice-T ads. 
for their car shield. Something. I can't, I don't know if I can take the World Golf Hall of Fame ads anymore. For the love of golf, go. Go where, Gary? I don't, I still don't even know where I'm going. The World Golf Hall of Fame? Where? What am I doing there? And is he always there? In the lobby. Animatronic Gary Player. For the love of waffles, go. Points to waffles. I get it. The World Golf Hall of Fame will get there. Slammer and the Squire. The Black Knight. Nothing against it. I just can't deal with that ad anymore. 20 million times a week times 50 weeks. I just heard a ghost. All right, let's talk to Josh S. Circling the drain and Ryan B. Bariff. And we'll close it out. I'm hoarse. I'm yelling. Bye-bye. Cash take you up in Cream, get the money. Tiger Woods, y'all. Hello. All right, so Ryan lives in a part of the country that only has dial-up internet. We did six minutes of this podcast, and it was great. And then he went offline. It's true. Apologies. Yeah. So now we got to reinvent these bits again. They were gold. They were gold. All right, where do we go? Well, let's talk. Okay, no, let's let me let me have the go floor, ahead. Please, let's, I like the floor. Yeah, I I can do this one better anyway. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> so. I would like to take the opportunity to do something that has probably never been done before, except for six minutes ago. <laughs> Go ahead. And I would like to wish you a happy belated birthday. All right. Let me talk to you about this. About By the way, thanks Just, to no one on Twitter for wishing me. Huh? Say thank you. Okay, thanks. Right. For, wishing, for no one on Twitter except for Garrett McInerney for wishing me a happy birthday and Ryan Bariff. Not even Saul did. And so in our text group, I couldn't drop any more hints that today, Thursday, March 25th, last week, was my birthday. And then I sent a picture of a cake and I said, can I give you any more hints, Josh, Josh, that that my birthday is today? And Ryan said, happy birthday. Please wish him happy birthday, Josh. You're being rude. And it was a picture of the cake, albeit it was a cookie cake. And you said, instead of saying happy birthday, you said, can we just all agree that a cookie is not a cake? It's certainly not. Which is, yeah, it's an outrageous claim to begin with. So, yeah, we never established this. You actually thought that was a cake? <laughs> it, is, it is called a cookie cake. I am not one to argue with the baker. I understand, and I told you that the baker doesn't decide what to name it whatever they want. I mean, they so can Ryan, name it, they don't decide what it becomes. They finally call it a cookie cake. It doesn't make it a cake. So Ryan conceded, and he said, happy birthday, Matt, and you go, same. <laughs> you just couldn't do it. Could not stomach the words. Just a couple words slept. That's all. <laughs> Listen, kids out there, if you're listening, don't be the guy who's in your late 40s just begging for people to wish them a happy birthday. All right. So Matt, did he say late 40s? Yeah, he Not said late. He said begging. <laughs> Not a good look. 
Uh, all right. So let's get to the <laughs> let's get to the uh, the course this week. Valero Texas Open. Ryan, if you go dead on this internet, it's me and Josh. Let's do it. The the course, Josh. This is this is all you. Run it. Hold a hole. Uh, it's one of the most <laughs> difficult on tour. <laughs> First of uh, all, what city is it in? It is obviously in, Valero. It's in it's in Texas, Valero, Texas. One of the cities in Texas. Actually, I can no, I can it's tell you TPC something. It's TPC San Antonio. Slash. I'll tell you something about this. Oh, fine, I'll tell you something about this course. My father has golfed here. Okay, go ahead. You. I'll let you handle the rest. I was going to say something really funny between us about the father, but I won't. Bruce, the <laughs> the the course is in San Antonio, Texas. It's one of the toughest on tour. Why we're laughing in that is that it, with three seconds to recording on ZenCaster, Josh slips in. Please ask me nothing about this course. So you see the deep level of research yeah, that Josh yeah. does. It's going to be all inside jokes for the next 30 minutes, guys. <laughs> yes. One of the tougher courses on tour, that's true. It is going to be windy, likely it's Texas, but it's not going to be Punta Cana windy. R- Rafael Campos missing a putt that flew over the hole to win, to tie, to tie and take Joel Damon to uh, extra holes. And, and you got to admit that Joel Damon – I mean, he said it. It's so freaking hard to win a golf tournament. I can't. I mean, I can't. I, I, except for that flub of a chip shot on seventeen, I thought Damon had lost it. Didn't you? Yeah, he he hit quite a few bad shots down the stretch. I mean, uh, the one-handed finishes were rampant for him. Um, he's got a lot of good breaks. The ball ended up in good spots. So and it's great to see him win. But Campos, uh, he deserved that putt for sure. Um, so the wind will not be hopefully like like it was in um, Punta Cana. But this is a tough course. It's going to be low teens, likely winning score. The field got easier, weaker, but easier with DJ uh, missing out and withdrawing. I'm, I'm surprised he even tried to commit to this tournament. Narrow fairways, as one former winner said, to me, there is no hiding off the tee here. Either you are a bomber who can, you know, do well around the green, or a good ball striker, Corey Connors. Hit fairways, tough par fives, a uh, lot of bunkering, some water, some some very a very good closing hole that Tony Finau, Cactus Tony Finau, is what we used to call him because of this tournament. Remember, off the tee, his, his final hole he had in the bag. So finding fairways, uh, avoid trouble, uh, good scrambler, good wedge player, good wind player. And I have in my notes from a couple of years ago, what was it? B from Texas. Charlie Hoffman. What did his shirt say today, Ryan? Charlie Hoffman open. How much does he win? He put how much he's won here? 3.7? Yeah, he put put his winnings on there. That was good. $3.7 million. Josh. Since we made it through this segment, tell me what is your strategy this week for DFS? How are you approaching? Are you, by the way, are you going to play much? Are you going to save it for the Masters? Or are you going to go full stock? 
we are uh, we're gripping and ripping this week. Um, and how I am approaching it, I have. I mean, I had a plan with DJ playing. That plan has obviously fallen apart. Haven't fully gotten there yet. It's a very interesting top. I I think I was texting with Ryan. I was wondering if if this is the um. I don't know. I'm probably going to explain this wrong, but the probably the least amount of wins in this field in the last three years for any full field event, I would think. I mean, now the DJ's gone. I mean, you know, even the the prolific winners of Spieth and Matsuyama that hasn't been recent. So there's, there's really there aren't a lot of wins in this field in recent. You mean a lot of Matsuyama a prolific winner? Excuse me. He just called Hideki a prolific winner. Well, well if, I could get that. If you went, of course, of course, you could. No, hold on. If you, if you, if you went back to three years ago and you asked that question, you would have said yes. Now, no. But so you're saying there's not a lot of guys with wins on this in this field recently. Which is my point in that there's a narrative out there that says that everyone is looking forward to the Masters. That's sort of a uh, sort of a layoff week. Just get tuned up I, in this field. I can make a case for every everyone always wants to win, but I can especially make a case for everyone in this field, especially the top: Spieth, Scheffler, Finau, Matsuyama. Answer those five. Who who doesn't need a win out of those five? Um, yeah, and, it, and then and then on down. It's all guys who don't win. Who, as you're saying, really need a win, and so it makes it interesting. It, it kind of at first glance, it feels ridiculous to pay. 11 for Finau, 10-7 for Spieth. I'm not on Scheffler this week. I, you know, I'm trying, I am having a Matsuyama intervention. So, but who else are you going to pay for? By the way, I mean, record that, Ryan. He said he's not on Scheffler this week. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, yep. So, I really like the guys. Once you start, there are a few plays, and I know we're all in the same plays, right when you start in the nines. And but that doesn't mean I have to have play them to the exclusion of Finau and Spieth. Ryan, I, does does Fowler need this to top? He needs to get the top fifty to play next week in the Masters, right? No, he needs to win. He has to win. Yeah, the top fifty cutoff was this week, so a couple more guys got in. I think Brian Harmon snuck in. I think Zalatoris got in. So he's got to win. He's got to win. Yeah, which uh, he's he's nowhere near that. So nope, that's just unbelievable. What's your strategy this week, Ryan? Yeah, I think it's going to be about the same. You know, the, the, I think the biggest thing is, you know, I mean, like always, it's going to be roster construction, but it's going to be ownership. I mean, we can name the three guys. You know, it's going to be Hoffman, Answer, Connors, and some combination of that. Um, and most teams are going to have two, maybe three of those guys. So I think you have to, um, I kind of like Josh's idea of, you know, not excluding the top guys, you know, playing a couple of the nines with a Finau or with a Spieth and just rounding out the bottom of your lineup with some guys in the sixes that I think, you know, a lot of people are going to be hesitant uh, in this field because it's a bunch of crap down there. Um, and I think that's the way that I'll get different. So still get the nine K guys play a 10 or 11 K guy, and then just kind of round it out with some scrubs. So I don't think that, I don't think that, um, I don't think that, not having a 10K or up guy in your lineup will hurt you. Uh, Finau, Spieth, Scheffler, Matsuyama. Uh, Finau, too expensive. Spieth, I think this is a more demanding ball striking course. 
Scheffler, he's got to be exhausted. I, I'm not a huge proponent of week-to-week exhaustion, but that was 4,000 rounds in six days. Yeah, and I mean, you saw how he struggled against Horace. I mean, look, that match sucked, but uh, he couldn't keep a ball on the golf course off the tee. And like, you're coming here, uh, you're just going to lose golf balls. So, Any guys in the tens are up for you guys, uh, even a little sprinkle. Um, Matsuyama is going to be what sub ten? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like anybody up here is going to play Fino. I just think um, if you take a kind of a more long term approach, he is just so much better than Spieth and Scheffler, Matsuyama and Answer and all those guys. So, yeah, I, I Matt, you said well, he's too expensive. I, I I agree, he's too expensive. But what are you saving your money for? I mean, even if we say, oh, Tony Fino, he never wins. Fine, he doesn't win. He gets a hell of a lot of top fives, and with this weak field, I, I don't know. So I'm going to be definitely, I'm going to be playing Finau Speed, as I said before, not Scheffler, not really Matsuyama. So um, I don't know. I guess I'll playing half of the tens. So six guys who make the cut, Finau likely likely will make the cut, but he'll be popular. But what I would mm-hmm. save my money for is two guys. I think that would probably could win. Uh, I think Answer is going to win, nine seven. That's what I'm saving my money for. If you're asking, Answer Connors. We've talked about Connors before. Does anyone make any more birdies than Corey Connors? Seemingly, uh, no. And he's playing. He's playing even better than he was last year. So that's what I'd be saving my money for in the nines. I think that. I think that Answer will play better than Tony Fino. Yeah, I just saying I don't know. Well, I understand your point. I just saying I don't know that you can't get both of them in a lineup. But I I love answer as well. The thing that I found out interesting here is you know he's not generally a good Bermuda putter. However, in his twelve rounds here, he's gained putting um, mm-hmm. uh, three quarters of the time. So something about these greens that he likes. So I, I love that. And then Connors, you know, again, we're all in the same place. I ran a, I ran a model just doing whatever statistics I thought were important. And I didn't have anything relative to course history included in it. And Connors came out number one. And then obviously layer on the fact that he won here and seems like a good play to me. There's a lot in the nines too. I mean, you have, those you've answered Connors Palmer. Palmer's always seems to be chalk. Tringale playing well, probably overpriced. Charlie Hoffman, it's a Charlie Hoffman open. His track record here is better than anyone. Um, Steele, even Kucher's playing better. 9K. Matt Kucher was sub seven, it seemed. And now he's jumping up to 9K mm-hmm. based on his performance last week. And he's got a record here. So your 9Ks are filled. What about the eights, Josh? Um, well, I know the guy we we all like Kirk. I'll yes. let you one. I'll let one of you take him. Um, I am interested in Keegan. Yes. And Cameron Davis a little bit. No. Um, I, the name that I really like kind of, feels gross and it's not what you think I'm going to say. Um, and I texted this with Ryan. He stealing maybe one of his plays, but Aaron wise. Yeah. 
Mm. By the way, the, the fact that you have a side chat with Ryan talking about plays is just a, is news to me as of 10, 10 2 p.m. on Eastern Time. So, so you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, look, I think a lot of the same guys, you know, Keegan and Davis are probably going to be the two most popular here. Just, just in terms of, you know, guys, people like to play ball strikers. The ball striking was pretty good um, at the Honda as well. Um, especially for Davis over the weekend, you know, I, I, I definitely have some concerns about him, but um, probably willing to kind of throw out those crappy finishes on the floor to swing. I think the guy here who, who you have to make a big decision on because he's, he's probably far and away the best player in this range is Lonto. Um, I mean, his odds are basically half of Cameron and Keegan and Hadwin and ZJ and all those other guys. So uh, Vegas likes him way more. I, I don't particularly like him any week. I don't particularly love him here, but I think he's the guy who um, who definitely rates out the best. Um, and Slep mentioned Kirk. Yeah, Kirk is an excellent play. He's been kind of hot or cold here, but it's been really, really good all year. And um, I think one of the key ranges this week is going to be par fours, 450, 500. And in the last 50 rounds, I believe he is number one, which also seems pretty good. And Zach Johnson makes every cut by the way, and he's playing well, and he plays well. He's been here. getting better. Yeah, he's, he's definitely been player. improving. Right. Mm-hmm. He's a name you don't like to click, but he doesn't really ever seem to. No, you know, he's going to finish 18th or 17th. He's going like, to do what you need. So, um, oh, did we, I don't No one said Domin, right? We're not playing him. Right? We're, not, we're not playing Domin. No, we're not playing Domin. Right. Albeit, albeit, that is a, that is a, 40 chess move in that most people have the same mindset that mm-hmm. post win fatigue and that you're not going to play well the next week, but Domin, this is the course that he could succeed at. And he played well in 350 mile an hour hurricane gale force winds. Mm-hmm. And, and so he should, yeah. but any, and, and you know what, that looseness comes after you get the win because of the stress of grinding for one forever, which he seemed to he seemed to play every week for the last few years, and he gets one now. Does the weight lift off his shoulders? You don't know. It could be an old razzle dazzle play. Um, there's a ton though that in the eights. I mean, you can make a case for basically anyone. No even no one even talked about Siwoo Kim, who has a good record here. And then in the sevens, so I'm I'm big in the into the Brendan Grace course history. I remember him. Gosh, it was a few years ago. Grace almost won here. I forget who he was contending with. It might have been Charlie Hoffman. Um, but he seems to do really well at this course. Danny Willett's playing better going into the Masters. Those two guys I'm going to be pretty heavy on. Uh, the I would say that my top three, excluding Kirk, Answer Connors, and EVR. I just think it's an EVR type week. Mm, that's a weird one. No, it's not. I mean, he was all right last week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't trust him. Um, I, mean, I do he, like Brandon Grace. You also didn't trust Matt Jones. Just to let you know. Uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, shit. I like EVR. And he, when you said he didn't do well, wasn't he the? I mean, he did better than you than you expected. Hell yeah, was, he did. I mean, wasn't he in the? Yeah, he, he was in the playoffs. Get out of his pod. He beat Justin Thomas. Oh yeah. So, what do you? I mean, 
I don't know why you didn't say he didn't do well last week, but no, he did fine. Yeah, maybe um, maybe take this up in your private chat with Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think there's going to be a few decision points here in in the sevens. Um, I think Doug Gim is going to be exceptionally popular. Um, of course, not just what he did at the players, but just overall good ball striking skills. People are going to play up the he went to Texas narrative uh, again because they didn't get enough of it last week. Um, I do like Brandon Grace a lot. Uh, he's probably one of my favorite plays there. Um, I like Johnny Vegas quite a bit, oh. which scares me because anytime I actually <laughs> like Johnny Vegas, he's just terrible. Josh, your thoughts on Johnny Vegas? Oh, fuck that. I mean, yeah, whatever. It's, it's bad. It doesn't matter. I'll just tell you what I'm doing and then you do the opposite. You'll be fine. So, yeah. Um, and then just kind of thinking about guys who, who drive it really well with pretty good irons, who make a lot of birdies. Uh, let me go back to Seth Straka this week. No. Nah, I'm, I'm not feeling that. You guys suck. So there's a, I made a pledge to the two of you that I was only going to say golfers that were good this week. And we're, to say it. we're getting no, we're getting into danger zone. <laughs> and now I will be I will be adding this little uh, note in caveat. It's fine. I was going to say something different, but if you want to jump in and say that, yeah, caveat um, that this is for like a, you're doing 150 lineups. I'm doing. I'm going to be over the weight the field, but not like single entry. But Phil, Phil, who? <laughs> <laughs> Phil Mickelson. Okay. Can I? Are we are we interested in or no? Well, he's wedged between EVR Woodland and Ben on and Andrew Putnam. <laughs> I mean, I don't think look, I don't think he's a bad play, but just, just no, he's a bad where, play. Yeah, I know, but just let, like knowing where he is. I mean, look, he's just he's just prepping for next week. He is he though? He could give two shits. He knows he, he could can't give two shits about this he, event. He knows he can't win next week. He thinks I, he knows he has a he, better chance of winning next week than this week. No, way. I don't give a I don't I never agree with he doesn't give two shits because otherwise he wouldn't be here. But I will say what what the former winner said, there is no hiding off the tee here. And he is terrible off the tee. I think one of my favorite bits is that you keep your former winner secretive when we all know it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's Sam Ryder. I, yeah, I was gonna say, like, I mean, unless you're texting Hal Sutton or something, but I'm Charlie Hoffman, Pohog. Oh, way to blow it! Yeah, oh god, right. it's Martin Laird, bud. Yeah, I wish, but look, I mean, I see the merit slept with Phil. He's going to make birdies, I would think, if he makes the cut. He was surprisingly good at at, at uh, Honda. You know, he of course made a triple eventually, but he he kept the ball in play. And the week before um, that, it's just not for me. By the way, the guy I'm talking about is Martin Laird, and I love Martin Laird. I like Martin Laird as well this week. Thank you. A guy who is a little bit interesting would be Denny McCarthy, but yes, but, dirty Denny. It feels like it's a little chasey. I mean, no, 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 no. Does Denny make so many fucking birdies? Yeah, I mean, it. But you agree that it feels. I mean, he was like across the board gaining strokes. Listen, which he never does that. So it no, feels. No, Putnam and McCarthy are the same players to me. Totally, hundred percent. Just two putters, streaky, make a ton of birdies. So it is. It's either boom or bust with those two. But In which one out. do you prefer? 
Both of them. I prefer Probably, Putnam. So do I. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, so obviously it's McCarthy, but yeah. yeah. Spe- speaking dazzle. of speaking of being chasey, like there's a lot of guys making the leap from a very weak field in Putacana here. One of whom is Chase Seifert. Um, Get out! I think Never. his irons his irons have been so good. He drives it pretty well. Oh. But like I think all these guys, like you look at him he and you look at Ryder. 40. I just. Uh... I mean, I mean, no. I don't know. He makes a lot of birdies. He's just, he's 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 in that same boat with Ryder. Like these guys have been playing <sighs> solid. Nope. They have a ton to play for. Not this week, irons are good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, let's go. Here we go. The sixes. I will start. Then I'll hand it over to Slep. Um, Kevin Chapel. Oh, <laughs> he just he just takes the best yeah. play off the well, God. He's the great white buffalo, right? Kevin Chapel. Is elite ball striker. We've always wanted him to come back. He's been playing off of injury. His track record here is very good. He's sub seven. Um, we had a a a peak back at Ch- Kevin Chapel when he played. It was the Greenbrier, I think, and he was like he shot a fifty nine a couple years ago or a year ago. Yeah, after like not playing for nine months. He plays tough courses well. Riviera, for instance, this course, he's he was top twenty, wasn't he, at Honda or top something? I mean he was top ten. He had a, a sixty five. Yeah, he was thirteenth. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, but he shot yeah, uh, Sunday sixty five for Chapel there. I, I mean, I don't think that that'll be a sneaky play here, considering he's won. But uh I like Kevin Chapel a lot. There's not a lot more I like in the sixes. Um, I'm not getting – Brian Stewart, our marriage is finished. Even though he's a very accurate driver of the ball, he has history here. He's still sub 6'6", six, six, or he's still 6'6". Six, six. But last week it was so <laughs> egregious I could not – I can't back him next week or this week. Josh, is there anything in the sixes that you like? Oh. Well, I I really like Chapel. Um, great play. I I don't know how popular he's going to get. He's certainly going to be more popular than he has been in the last few weeks. But he, no, he no one ever plays him. So um, hopefully that stays down. He's by far and away my favorite play. Um, I am interested in Shank. I have some interest um, in Lewis and Sloan. Not who I expected him to say. Is that it? If you'd like more, <laughs> I can add more. I'd like to add in Bramlett. So the three guys that I thought you were going to say were going to be Holmes, Bobby Shells, and Henrik Stenson. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I had more names to give, they would have made the list. You're- you named one good player there uh, for sure. I think um, – Excuse me? <laughs> I said you named one good player there. Uh, I like Chapel as well. Uh, no <laughs> secret there. I will be playing him. But I think the one name that you did say who I love this week is Roger Sloan. Um, he's a pretty good putter. He makes a ton of birdies. Really good from that key four fifty to five hundred range. Hey, can I interrupt um, you for one second? I just don't yeah. want I don't want 
the loyal listeners to be upset. It's you said this twice now. I was gonna I let the first one slide. It's four hundred to four fifty. What did I say? Four fifty to five hundred. Yeah, four hundred to four fifty. Sorry, uh, but everybody else should look at four fifty to five hundred. <laughs> um, yeah, Sloan, um, he rates that very well in that range. But yeah, there's not a lot down here. Um, I had one more name. Um, oh, we just talked about it earlier in in that uh, aforementioned uh, chat that we have on the side here. Uh, <laughs> we've been playing Vincent Whaley every single week. Yeah, um, I played him in cash at uh, Corrales. He was pretty good. He's down at 6,100. He makes a lot of birdies. He makes a lot of cuts for a guy who's at 6,100 in a pretty weak field. So, Where does uh, he make a, a lot of birdies? On, on uh, golf courses. Okay. Is there any sneaky plays other than Vince Whaley in the sixes? Yes. Well, it's a stupid play. But – if you look at course history, if you look at win players, Please. if you look at guys who play well on tough golf Please courses, yes, I'm going to say. It. I, I was hoping someone would else would say it so I could. It's Jimmy Walker. No, no, it's Snedeker. Yes, it's Snedeker, it's and, and Snedeker. he's been he, he's been so bad. But like, <laughs> so bad. I think I think one of these weeks he's just going to finish like eighth, and he's like down in the low sixes. I don't know. This, I mean, this field sucks. Brand Snedeker can make a cut here. That is, gr- I'm so happy you said that. I'm, I'll take him over Henrik Stenson for sure. Okay. Yeah. So right. just, just so – just so, just in Snedeker has never lost strokes tee to green at Valero. Okay. In a round. Neither have I. Okay. I don't get that, but <laughs> – Because I haven't played it. <laughs> okay. I, Any other plays in the sixes? Sneaky. I mean, everything down here is sneaky. Um, I mean, one guy that we, that he's, you know, he actually, if he makes a strong showing this week, he could have Steve Stricker looking at him for the Ryder Cup. Uh, that's Bo Hogue. Who? <laughs> what? What do you like about Bohog? No, I don't like him this week. Okay. That was just this the bit. Yeah, you killed him off the show so quickly this week too. Um sure, why not? Play Bohog. Always. <laughs> Every week, always. All right. Let's let's stop goofing around. Someone tell me about Batia. Akshay Batia, I know Ryan's gonna play him a lot. I don't know. He so I mean look, I am not the uh, uh the Akshay Whisperer, but uh, he has shown a good short game, which for a young player is is rare. And I think, you know, he played well, where was it, at uh, Napa, right? Which is, I think, um, a course pretty similar to this. There's a lot of crossover between it. Not a lot of birdies, not a super easy course. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what I would do with him in like an, MA, an MME or what his upside is, but I think he will make the cut if that's helpful for you. All right, here's – let's talk about winners. And I'm, I'm going right. to say it again that I believe Tony Finau will be very popular. And I think if against what I just said at the beginning of the podcast, one person looking forward to next week, I think that I just don't think you're going to get value of Tony Finau. I, I don't even think he's going to make the cut. I'm just saying that. Whatever. Because there's so much goodness between nine in this field and between nine. Mm-hmm. 
and mid eights that uh, I don't know. I may not want to waste money on him. Not that I'm not going to have him. Yeah. But my winner is my winner. Uh, top three. Answer. Connors. EVR. A little bit of Kirk. Josh, top three. Very boring. Um, answer. Answer is my winner. Yeah. And I'm not going to say the same guys you say. So down the board, I don't know. Aaron Wise and I don't know. That's it. It's answer. Why do okay. I have to say more? All right, Ryan. Uh, I think we're due for a very obvious uh, winner this week. So I am going to go Charlie Hoffman mm-hmm. one. Like it, Corey. Corey Connors, two. Like it. And Brennan Grace, three. You should have gone Bo Hogue for the laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> he has no top 30 upside. You had it. It was just like building so much. Uh, all right. Thank you. And thank you for the happy birthdays, Josh. You're welcome. You're welcome. I've set a calendar reminder for next uh, year, March 25th. I am, we got it. It's the fucking Masters next week. It's crazy. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Who wins the Masters? Corey Connors. Cam Smith. Yes. We got to save. Yeah, yeah we got to save these takes. All right. But it's Sergio. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye. See you guys. All right, that's it for this week. Answer, Connors, Kirk. I love EVR. You have to hit fairways. Ball striking week. Don't buy into the I don't care week. I'm looking forward to the Masters. Everyone wants to win. Including Joel Damon. Have a great week with Eddie Vedder closing you out.